This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Germany is under pressure to cut off imports of natural gas and oil from Russia, but it's reluctant to do so, and the German auto industry is a key reason why. Reuters reports that the German auto industry accounts for about 30% of all energy consumption in Germany, and it mostly uses oil and gas. While German automakers do have wind generators and solar panels at almost all of their manufacturing facilities, it's not enough. The bake ovens and the paint shops and all the electric robots in the body shops consume vast amounts of energy. About 80% of all the energy that Volkswagen uses comes from oil, gas, and coal. And at BMW, it's over 60%, with Mercedes right behind. And most of that oil and gas comes from Russia. So the German auto industry is scrambling to find other energy sources. Russia already cut off supplies to Poland and Bulgaria, and Germany worries it could be next. The U.S. Post Office is running into multiple lawsuits over those new delivery trucks it wants to buy. Several states, environmental and labor groups, and the UAW filed lawsuits against the Postal Service, alleging that it failed to do the required environmental assessments it needed before deciding to spend billions on its next-generation delivery vehicles. Over 80% of those trucks will be powered by gasoline engines, which get about eight and a half miles to the gallon. There's an old saying that goes, show me how you're going to compensate me and I'll show you how I'm going to perform. And that's what General Motors is doing when it comes to EVs. General Motors is tying executive compensation to meeting specific targets for electric vehicles. CEO Mary Barra said, starting this year, Long-term executive compensation will be tied to reaching specific EV goals, including things like sales and production volumes, vehicle launch timing, and vehicle quality. Or, in other words, GM execs better deliver, or they're going to miss out on getting big bonuses. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Mercedes recently revealed the EQE sedan and the EQS SUV, and by the end of the year, it will present more than 10 fully electric vehicles. So what's up next? Well, an SUV version of the EQE is coming. That will be followed by the EQT and the E-Cyton, both small vans, but the EQT is more of a premium passenger model, while the E-Cyton is more utilitarian with the option for panel sides. Mercedes VP of Electric Drive Development also told Motor One that the next-gen A and B class will go electric, but they will still have ICEs as well. However, most vehicles that share both powertrain types, the ICE part usually gets the first consideration. That won't be the case with these models. The platform will be EV first. So, 
rather than compromises being made to adapt to EV, the compromises will come on the ICE side. And it's interesting to see the switch being made. Indian automaker Tata Motors, which owns JLR, showed off its vision for future electric and connected mobility. It's called the Avenia concept, and it has a very unique shape, which is said to combine the essence of a premium hatch to the luxuries and versatility of an SUV and the roominess and functionality of an MPV. Lighting also plays a key role with a distinct look that's picked up on both the front and the rear. Built on Tata's Gen 3 architecture, it features the latest connected technology, artificial intelligence, and driver assistance systems. The only spec it really gives for any of the EV system is that it wants to have fast charging that allows for 500 kilometers of range in under 30 minutes. Tata says its new generation of EVs will be first introduced to the market by 2025. Truck drivers are mad at the federal government, nothing new there, but this time they're mad about a rule to mandate speed limiters on semi-trucks. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is crafting the regulation right now. It will probably set speed limits of 60, 65, or 68 miles an hour. The American Trucking Association is in favor of the rule, but independent owner-operators, that is, small trucking firms or drivers who own their own rigs, are dead set against it. They say speed limiters will create unsafe speed differentials between trucks and the traffic around them. They also say limiting speeds will create more traffic congestion. The feds say that speeding trucks are a major cause of accidents, but the independent truckers say most accidents happen on roads with speeds below 55 miles an hour, where the speed limiters would do no good. At Schaeffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. Yesterday we reported on how Autoline viewer Brad Mike ran into problems with his Mustang Mach-E because his local dealer in Tennessee didn't have any EV techs to work on it. So we asked any Mach-E owners in the audience to share their experience with the car and their dealers. And we got a good response. Don Sherman says, quote, We purchased a Mach-E from an out-of-state dealer last year. Thus far, everything about it, especially driving past gas pumps, has been super sweet. The local Ford dealer serviced this vehicle without issue. Gary Rittenbach says he bought a Mach-E GT online and even though Ford increased the MSRP by $2,000 after he ordered it, his local dealer, Corwin Ford in the state of Washington, did not apply the increase. He says, quote, The salespeople at Corwin Ford Pasco were the best also. I would rate them as a 12 on a 1 to 10 scale. I am very happy with my Mach-E GT. Kari Manzini says, quote, 
I have a 2021 Ford Mustang Mach-E Select with technology package. My experience has been wonderful, except the dealership experience. It's business as usual, navigating ADM and tax, not knowing a thing about EVs. Even though the vehicle is popular, the dealers don't seem to have much experience with them. I think the Ford split of Model E and Ford Blue is desperately needed, or they will lose customers on post-consumer support alone. Kelly Spongberg says, We purchased a Mach-E GT Performance Edition about a month ago from Rainbow Ford in Rocky Mountain House, Alberta, Canada. Paid MSRP, even though it was the only Mach-E they were allocated for 2022. No problems, and the techs and salespeople are all taking the EV training as it becomes available. Fully Electric says he's owned a Mach-E for over a year with zero issues and that his experience with the dealer has been A-OK. And he's got some advice for Brad Mike. Quote, as for a guy going back to the same Ford dealer is crazy. In my area, we have over six Ford dealers within 15 miles. If you have issues with one, just go to another. And finally, GM veteran, who does not own a Mach-E, made a really good point. Quote, there has been a technician shortage for many years now. Fully trained EV techs are probably a fairly rare commodity. Most Ford dealers would only pay to train one or two because of the low demand for repairs due to low sales volume so far. If a tech goes to work at another dealer, that dealer now needs to find or train a replacement. It's entirely possible that the dealership he went to did not have an EV tech on staff at that time. But that's it for today. Thanks for watching and have a great weekend. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.